Welcome to the Don't Pick the Scab podcast with the premise of connecting men over 40 with the tools and community to thrive in their divorce recovery, either before, during, or after a divorce. Check it out. Welcome everybody out there to Don't Pick the Scab podcast with David. And we have a special guest, Rayford Palmer, CEO of STG Divorce Law Firm in Chicago, author of I Just Want This Done, How Smart, Successful People Get Divorced Without Losing Their Kids, Money, and Minds. What was your inspiration and motivation to write the book? David, my basically the, the inspiration was experiencing my own divorce and uh, all years representing clients in divorce cases, asking a lot of the same questions. But those, the reason they were asking those questions was there weren't a lot of good answers out there on the internet or elsewhere. And I felt that lawyers weren't really spilling the beans about kind of the realities of divorce. Not that they were intentionally hiding this information, but it just wasn't something that occurred to divorce lawyers that people might ask about. It was more like the advice you'd give a best friend mm-hmm. if they were getting divorced. It wasn't nuts and bolts stuff about custody and visitation and child support and alimony. It was uh, big picture things like cost benefit analysis, uh, taking care of the kids during the process, understanding the costs of divorce, the, not just legal fees. So all these things that I've learned over 20 years being a divorce lawyer, 20 plus years, and the things I learned in my own divorce, and then applying them to the real world where I would have these long conversations with clients that weren't really about nuts and bolts. They were more about mindset and strategy and things like that. Okay. And so I wanted to get that in a book to get that out there for people. So why is the family law system so black and white? It's almost like it doesn't bend. It's like just so written over the years. And what yep. what are some of the things that we can do to fix that? That's a great question. And I talk about some of that in my book, the problems with the system. The system was built... Really, for originally, you know, our system of laws was really built around criminal uh, laws and personal injury and things mm-hmm. like that. So, our laws are are fairly good, and they obviously we know about problems in the criminal justice systems, even so. But we have a very binary yes, no, black, white, win, lose, right? Uh, system, and it's it's not good at shades of gray. It is not good at dealing with matters of the heart, family issues, children. The courts try to do their best, but when the the best they can do, I've kind of described it as a sort of a meat axe or, or an axe rather than a scalpel. So if people expect scientific precision in the resolution of their divorce cases, they're going to be disappointed because unfortunately that's not how it works in real life. And the problems come with sort of the system's inherent construction in that it's built around winners and losers, and it's good with things like math. It's good with numbers and formulas and things like that. And plaintiffs and defendants in a personal injury case are either guilty, not guilty, those things. But we talk about divorce, everybody's losing to some degree. And we're trying to minimize the damage. And the system just isn't the basic system. It's almost like um, the laws of physics. You can't fight that. And as a result, people end up with solutions from a court that are not the best for their family necessarily. So, you know, we usually promote settlement because you can get a more customized solution in a settled, in an agreed case than you could from a court. From a judge. Okay. Right. Uh, what are some of the ways that you found over the years to maybe control the out-of-control emotions and, and keeping your clients grounded? Because it's such an emotional, devastating time. 
And what are some of the some of the methods that you've that you've enlisted over the years? So the things that and it it really hit me when I got my own when I was divorced myself because it's one thing when it's sort of clinical and you're working on other people's divorces for them and you're an attorney, you have a professional detachment and it's it's very different when it happens to you. Uh, recently, in, in the most recent Chappelle special, he said it's funny until it happens to you. And not that a divorce is funny, but the, the, the sentiment is right. It's like, it's just, even though you're a divorce lawyer, even though you've had years of experience, it's just different when it's you. My blood pressure went through the roof and I was going through a lot of stress and, and I had what you would consider a very amicable divorce. Even so, it's a tremendously hard thing to go through for, for men. And by the way, what you're doing for men is outstanding uh, because there isn't enough attention focused on men's recovery, but I digress. Mm-hmm. The things you can do, the things I've learned over time, are work with mental health professionals to get help because I think men underestimate the severity of the impact this will have on them. And also our society tells us we're supposed to tough it out and yep. we're supposed to be bigger than this and not let it get to us, right? And all that. And don't cry. Don't cry. Yeah. Don't. You're supposed to be a tough guy. You're not supposed to complain. You're not supposed to cry. And when you move out of your house and you leave your dog behind and your kids, I don't care how tough you are. That is that is rough stuff. And uh, so getting a, a divorce coach can be useful, mm-hmm. a counselor or psychologist, hugely valuable. Even if you don't think you need help, you should at least contact somebody and have an initial session. I wasn't somebody who worked with a counselor before until my own divorce. I had referred people to them over the years. And I was so happy I had a counselor, a gentleman named John Duffy, who's a published author. Mm-hmm. And uh John's done, did great work with me and having that neutral voice of reason, somebody I could complain to confess to talk about all this, all my feelings and have professional judgment was so valuable. Your friends are going to be your cheerleaders typically. And so is your family. And they also don't want to hear all the gory details about your situation or they get tired of it. It's too wearing on them. Certainly your kids shouldn't hear about it. So uh, there's nothing like having a professional to be that, Uh, sounding board and also to give you some independent unbiased advice on your your decision making the things you're Mm -hmm. you're thinking about doing the things you're saying so yeah that my biggest advice is is getting professional assistance and it doesn't mean you're getting a shrink it doesn't mean you're crazy it doesn't mean you have some mental disorder it means you're going through a divorce and you need somebody to give you help on communicating with your soon-to-be ex how do you talk to your kids um how do you deal with your feelings you're going through? All these things that come up. Yeah. How important is it to start the legal process early, uh, even if you're just thinking about divorce? You know, it, get your eggs in a row. That's a great point. It's it's very important to at least have a consultation with a divorce lawyer early so that you understand your rights and responsibilities and your potential outcomes and your potential downsides so that you know what the costs are of this situation before you jump in. And you, know, you should always look before you leap and know what you're facing. And uh, getting that advice could give you some good guidance about whether your case should be handled through alternative dispute resolution, like a, a mm-hmm. settlement mindset, like mediation or collaborative practice, or maybe arbitration, depending on where you live. And, or if it's a case that, you know, where you need to go to litigation, you need to file a case in court. So getting that early advice is just as important as getting that mental health assistance or the coaching because you don't know what the danger zones are, or where the landmines are until you talk to a professional. And there's a lot of misinformation online 
or there's a lot of old information too online. So yep. there's no substitute for having a consult with a skilled divorce attorney. And how do you pick one? That's what everybody asks. <laughs> how do you how do you find a good one? Because it's kind of yeah. like throwing dirt against the wall. I have, yeah, I have a whole chapter in my book about step-by-step process about how to find a great divorce lawyer. So I have a few pieces of advice on that. Number one, there's nothing like a personal referral. So talking to folks in your area who have experience with, and I recommend recently, because if, if the guy had a good experience 15 years ago, the lawyer might be retired or <laughs> things might change or whatever. Your mileage may vary. So find somebody with a recent experience, then Google those people, look up their names, look at their Google reviews, look at um, their social media, get a feel for the the law firm, see if they've got any awards. And there are certain awards that are sort of phony that you can purchase. And I'm not going to name names, but there are kind of, a, I call them plaque factories. So okay. some of these badges you see on law firm websites are not legit. Mm-hmm. I, na- I name a couple that are legit because I know how the process works for selecting the lawyers. Uh, there's a couple things you can look for for hallmarks of a skilled lawyer. One is a certification in their state. So some states provide certifications for divorce attorneys and they have a separate training program, additional training over and above normal lawyer training. And in some states, they require that you're certified to be a divorce lawyer. Now, Illinois doesn't have certifications of any kind. We don't have that. Um, what we do have, though, the other thing you can look for is fellowship the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers, which is really the premier divorce lawyer organization in the United States. There's a very thorough vetting process. It's explained on their website and a, a very tough test process, which includes a written examination and oral examination, um, actually two written exams and an oral exam and a tough vetting okay. process uh, to get admitted. So it's not easy to get in there. So those kinds of things show you that the lawyer is is of a higher level of quality. And also, how many years have they been doing it? And check their disciplinary record with your state bar association to make sure they've got a clean disciplinary record. You don't want somebody mm-hmm. with who's been suspended or, God forbid, disbarred, meaning they're not legally allowed to practice law. And you might find their prior disciplinary record for that person, which might give you pause, should. And uh, additionally, I said, look at the reviews. And uh, those are probably the best things I can say in terms of finding out the hallmarks of a quality divorce attorney. So uh, between certification, academy fellowship, um, member, and check their disciplinary record and reviews and a personal referral. So that mosaic, taking that together is probably the best way. The subject of co-parenting, that's always the landmine, I think, with the uh divorce sometimes. Yep. What, what are some of the ways that guys can can hurdle over that a little bit easier because it becomes, it almost becomes a tug of war. You know, remember that movie Kramer versus Kramer, you know, back in the day because we're old and uh, things like that. So what, oh, sure. what can a guy with 40 try to advance or even no knowledge in advance or, or how to handle the situation? So a couple of quick recommendations. One is getting uh, Bill Eddy's book, that's E-D-D-Y's book, Biff. You've probably, you've probably recommended that before to folks. B-I-F-F. It's uh, Bill Eddy is the great psychologist who's written a book called Splitting, which is about divorcing a narcissist. He's also written this book called Biff, and he also has one called Biff for co-parents. It's a short book. It's an easy read or quick audio book. And it's got great guidelines for how to communicate with your co-parent, especially when they're hostile and they're high conflict. It talks about how to de-conflict and try to take the steam or the pressure out of those communications. And not contribute to the cycle, the downward spiral of, you might say, uh, communication violence, right? So mm-hmm. unfortunately, we, we tend to engage in these things. And when they, go, when they go up, they raise up, we raise our voice, and then we get in a spiral. 
or they say something nasty, maybe we say something nasty back in the moment, or we text something back that we shouldn't, and we get into a cycle. And he talks about how to break that cycle and be, it, it talks about being brief, informative, fair. I think it's fair and friendly is what Biff stands yep, for. Exactly. It's like yep. Short and sweet, just the facts and, and don't poke them in the eye because you, you may be, <laughs> you may want to, but it's not going to help. And that'll help break that cycle. And then that's where that counseling can come in too, is giving you advice on how do I communicate with my ex about these kids? And my ex just said, she's not going to let the kids bring the Xbox over to my house. What do I do? Or she's keeping their clothes and not letting them bring clothes over. These kind of things I call eye poking, right? Yeah. And it's stuff that drives us crazy. Um, so it's, it's, those things are good tools. And then just taking a dose of common sense and taking the long view is so important and not letting the kids be in the middle. So I always recommend taking the high road and, and keeping the big picture in mind because the kids eventually know who the good guy is. Yeah, they, when, they're too, when they're young, they're not sure, right? They, they'll believe kind of what mom tells them or dad tells them. And if mom is filling them with negative stuff, they're going to listen to that. And at home, they're, they're, they might be concerned when they come meet dad, if dad's good to them and is being the guy he always was, the good father he was, and he's nice to the kids and everything, that's going to be cognitive dissonance for the kids. And they're, they're yep. so mom tells us dad's a bad guy, but he's never been a bad guy to us. And eventually that blows back on the person who's bad mouthing. So I, I always caution people against bad mouthing and blowing people up on social media because that always comes back to bite them in the rear end. Oh, yeah. I think I told you in my email that uh, I can only text an email and and it, yeah. it kept it short and sweet, you know, not a whole lot of tone. So I was able to just communicate. But I think that people need to find their sweet spot. Yes. You know, you know some some people can talk and visit and, you know, I I appreciate those people, but some people can't, you know, right. you know, you can't be in the same room. You know, when you do mediation, you need to be in different uh, buildings, not even yep. rooms, right. but buildings and things like that. But communication is very tough for some men. Absolutely. And it's um, so, you know, the, the kind of classic piece of advice, like think before you speak, take a few minutes before you respond to that text. Uh, think about yep. everything as if it was a court exhibit. You know, would you be comfortable having that put up in, in the courtroom in front of the judge? Uh, because it will be. Um, so be very careful with the things you say. Uh, understand that uh, these things have lo- lasting impact. You're right about that. Pick your modality, right? So like if you're a good talker, fine, talk. Maybe your ex will be happy to talk to you. If you feel like the best way, the safest thing is to write messages, and a lot of lawyers will say, well, written is better, right? Because you have a record of the communication too. <laughs> if it's, yeah, it might be something that's contested. Negative, yeah. <laughs> There's plus and minus. But yeah, if you want to confirm something in a message or say, we've agreed on Dr. So-and-so for the kids, you probably want that in an email. And there are sort of one thing that to make a good point. And there's also uh, something to be said about the signal to noise ratio, how much signal is getting through and how much static with the method you're using. And, and the modality text phone in person, you know, email that might vary depending on the nature of the message. Right? So if you're just, talking about, I'm going to pick the kids up at five o'clock. Well, a text message is fine. If you're talking about that work, we're agreeing that Dr. So-and-so is going to be the person to treat our child for a mental health disorder. Well, we want to confirm that in an email. Yeah. You know, we, we might have a conversation, but on the phone or something, but we better put that in an email just to be on the safe side. Cause we might need that later. So 
sometimes you want to be careful about the method of communication, not just for your skill set, like you're talking about, you know, the way you fit together with your ex and what works, Mm -hmm. but also thinking about the big picture, what method is best for the message. And it might be different depending on how fast you want to communicate to it might be you want to just shoot out a quick text message and the emotional content doesn't matter. But if you're having a sensitive conversation, you probably should have it over the phone or face to face if if you can do that. Some folks can't because they just have too high conflict of a situation. Oh yeah. What are some of the challenges that uh, men over 40 face that men, young men don't in a divorce? There's so many different variables there. What are some of those challenges that are different? A couple of the major ones are uh, you're usually at a peak in your career. You're usually your work demands are, are quite high at that point in your career. You're in your forties. Uh, your children are older, so that's that's a new set of challenges. Finances are different. You know, you're not getting started. You're spending money on college. You've got a home to maintain. You've got a lot of expenses at this point in your career or with your in your life with your kids. Um, there are health issues that come up as you're getting older. So there are. I was just talking about great divorce recently. Divorce for older folks recently on the radio at uh, WGN in Chicago. And there are a lot of unique issues with, you know, even more older folks in their sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. We talk about yeah. the asset structure of people, the fact that somebody is retired or might be retiring, the fact that alimony, therefore, is a whole different story. Um, and people are div- thinking about dividing pensions, and and so there's there are financial challenges that older people deal with that folks over forty have to deal with, and and life changes. And the dating scene is different when you want to meet new people. Oh my very God. Different. <laughs> very different. Everybody's got oh kids. Yeah. You know, or, or maybe you're, if you're considering dating somebody younger, they're going to want children. The, the woman's going to want kids. That's a whole different <laughs> barrel of monkeys. And, you know, uh, people are considering remarriage. They're not too old to remarry. You know, we have folks remarrying in their sixties and seventies who come yep. to us to talk about prenups. And so, when you're in your forties, you're in your you're in your middle th- uh, third of your life these days. You know you've got a lot of time yet ahead of you. So it's a it's a very different situation than somebody getting divorced in their twenties or thirties. Absolutely. Yeah. What general financial advice can you give to a man over forty who's trying to rebuild? What are some of the things he can look out for or avoid? Some of the things that he can go move on with his life. One big one is rent. <laughs> so uh, too many. I never would think that come out of your mouth. Wow, that's interesting. Hey, folks. Yeah, and I'm not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice, right? The, the, the disclaimer. Yeah, this yeah. is not legal yeah. financial advice. But in all the cases I've seen, people uh, a lot of times they liquidate the house. They sell the house at some point, maybe maybe right after the divorce or a few years after the divorce. Like kid graduates high school, and they maybe the mom stayed in the house for a couple of years while the kid was finishing, and then they agreed to sell. They sell the house, they cash out. People's instinct seems to be to race to purchase something. And they uh, sink their money into a piece of real estate, condo or whatever, townhouse, whatever it may be. And let's say it's in the neighborhood where their kids grew up. Well, lo and behold, the kid never comes back because <laughs> they finish college and they get a job in Miami or Austin, Texas or Southern California. And now you're stuck with a piece of real estate and you're you're here now and, and you've been, you've plugged all this money in here and you have all these transactional expenses, you've just spent all this money to purchase a piece of real estate. Now you're finding that, gee, you wish that you had flexibility. So now you have to sell a place. Now everybody's mileage may vary and buying something might be the right move for 
mm-hmm. person A or B. I'm not telling people, but I'd say in general, a mistake I see people make is they buy a home right away and they put too much cash into it. They don't borrow. Uh, people might say, well, it's good to pay your mortgage down. Uh, not so much when you need liquidity and you don't know what the future holds in this next segment of your life. You might meet the woman of your dreams in two more years and she already owns a house. Now what are you going to do? Yeah, I guess you could rent your house if you're a real estate magnate or you think you're a genius at renting real estate, but those now you've got a piece, now you have a liability on your hands. And when I, I got remarried and I'm living in my wife's home, you know, <laughs> so I, I have a second home that I pay for, but I'm living in her place and I, I rented a home for a few years and it was perfect for me. One other good thing about rental, again, flexibility, but, and people might say, well, the monthly payment might be higher. Yeah, but you're not dealing with a leaky roof, a flooded basement. All the maintenance stuff is the landlord's problem. All I had to do is pay for a guy to mow the lawn and somebody to to deal with the driveway in the snow. That was it. And uh, it took such a mental burden off of me. And when you're a man going through divorce, you're dealing with your kids, getting your career back on track. Your finances have taken a hit. So you're trying, you just said trying to get back on top and and do well in your career. You need mental headspace and time. And the last thing you need to do is be fooling around with a piece of real estate where you need to fix the roof and the air conditioner broke. And now you have to spend, you know, 15 grand on an HVAC unit and, and you eliminate all this uncertainty. And so that mental headspace and the flexibility is worth it. That'd be my biggest thing is don't buy a place right away. Um, have you seen a client more than once for a divorce? Yeah. Hopefully it's just two times, not three. Yes, we have. We, the record setter in our firm is three times, but uh, wow. typically once is the most common, but yeah, three. And we recommended a prenup every time and he didn't get a prenup. So please folks get a prenup. It's not expensive. It's cheap insurance. And that poor guy went through two, you know, two more divorces after the first one. And uh, I mean, many, our firm's been around 30 years. So, so uh, that was over many years, okay. but um, it's uh, yeah, that was tough. That That's the f- person that came the, was three was the record, but we've done a, uh, ones with two divorces yep. before. That's a little more common. Yeah. Since many men tied their identity closely to being a husband, how do you help clients grieve that loss, but also see opportunities in their new single life? How do you help them move on? Even though you're just their divorce lawyer, you just don't yeah. drop them into a pile of funk. You kind of help them along the way. What do you do? What's your move? You, you ask great questions. Uh, no one's, I don't think anybody's asked me that before. Hey, there you um, go. Bam. That's awesome. The, uh, the thing I recommend is, uh, because I've been there too, is taking the long view and telling them you're going to get through this. This, this is going to be the worst it is right now. You won't, you're going to feel better than this. It's going to be better. And I know it's hard for people to visualize when they're in the middle of it, but I'd say, trust me, it's going to get better. And that's where those um, support things like you're providing are huge support groups where you can talk to men who've been through it and they can tell them, hey, from my experience, you will get to the other side. It is a better day. And your kids eventually will be okay. If you do the right things, your kids are going to be okay. And they're going to, down the road at some point, they will reach a level of understanding, typically when they're adults. Uh, because they have to have some adult relationships themselves to figure out that it's not so easy to have a, a relationship with another person <laughs> as an adult. And it takes a lot of work. And uh, they're gonna, it's going to be okay. You're going to have an, a new life and a lot of opportunities will open up for you. And both um, in your life with your children and in your uh, romantic life, 
you're going to have a lot of opportunity. There are a lot of divorced folks out there, a lot of divorced women out there who are interested, who are nice folks who are interested in meeting nice guys. And um, it's, and I can tell you that from experience. <laughs> so, and, and, it's, and my clients tell me this too. They'll say like, down there, after they kind of get through the initial shock, they say, well, the dating is all, oh, you're meeting these great women. This is amazing. And so there, there are some plus sides uh, to it. And reinventing your life is, Try to take the opportunity to make yourself the best person you can be. Make yourself and learn from your mistakes. We every divorce takes two people. Every marriage takes it takes two people to get together. It takes two people to get divorced. Understand that it's a system. Understand your role. There were things that you did or didn't do too. And every every professional they always say. And I do a lot of military analogies. Come from a military family, by the way. uh, Thank you for anybody's military service. Appreciate it. My son was a soldier. And um, they always do these uh, debriefings, you know, after a combat action, after training, they all mm-hmm. sit around and they, they critique each other and they, they admit, they say what they did. It's just like a football game. They watch the tape, watch the tape of the divorce, think through what you could do better and apply that to your next relationship. So you gain something from the experience and you build a better marriage or better relationship with somebody in the future. And I've certainly learned my lessons and have done my best to improve. And so it's, Take that positive stuff of the learning and roll that into your next relationship for your benefit. And then also now a lot of times fathers, increasingly fathers have an increasing role in parenting, which is great to see. And 50-50 parenting time is far more common in Illinois than it was. 20 years ago, I would tell people that's not happening. Your judges weren't doing it. Wow. Uh, now, now it's quite common. It's very routine for uh, dads to ask for half time and get it. And, and nobody really questioning it anymore. That's a radical change from when I started and uh, good to see. So, but a lot of fathers in the sort of traditional kind of say marriage role were working and not doing as much with the parenting. And this is an opportunity to have time with the kids and really have an independent relationship with them and build that relationship to be a, a more involved parent. So there are opportunities here in there are downsides and also a lot of opportunities that you can make the best of. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, if you know, when you have your kids for that fifty percent, make memories, make it the best time. You know, um, I had my kids fifty yep. percent, and uh, we did week on week off, changed on Sunday night, and it was hated at first, and I got used to it, and and I felt bad toward the end or or years later because I couldn't wait for them to leave. <laughs> I felt so bad, but but you're like hammering three years and bang, 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 bang for seven days, yeah. and then you get a break, and then seven right. more days, bam, bam, bam. So I kind of have to process that and just let it go and just enjoy them when I have them. But it was interesting, you know, week on week off, and and being a single parent is tough with three kids. It's that's a lot of work. I have two boys, yeah. and when I got divorced, my oldest was just starting college, so he was kind of oh, he was away. Yeah. And my youngest was home. He was uh, just starting high school. And most he spent most of the time in his mom's, but he came over to my place a lot because I only I moved to a rental a rental house only about a mile and a half away. So it was easy for him to get over there. And the way I got involved was I, I'd let kind of let him choose what he wanted to do. He would spend a lot of time with me on the weekends. We played paintball, we'd go to a, a place in Michigan with my family. We'd go out on the lake and making memories. Um, there you go. Making memories all the time, yeah. playing video games with him. So even when he was home, I would play multiplayer video games and be on his team. And, you know, we would be talking mm-hmm. on the headphones together with my other son. And uh, so even when I wasn't sitting there with him in the home, I was involved with his life. And this is also something I recommend um, 
dads too, really any parent, but dads especially, mm-hmm. there's no reason why you can't be involved. So if your your kid is in sports, there's no reason why you can't go to practice maybe, or why you can you can volunteer to mom and say other parent and say, hey, I'll I'll pick up our son from high school today and bring him to your place. So you're you're just helping with the driving. Maybe it isn't your day. Well, so what? Uh, leave work a little early, pick up your son from school yep. and drive home for 20 minutes. You got 20 minutes to talk to your kid. And uh, a lot of times uh, what I ended up doing to help my, my wife was a school administrator, my ex-wife. And so um, I would help her out by every day after school, I would pick him up because I was a little more flexible. I would take him to his MMA gym. He mm-hmm. would train there for like an hour and a half or two. Then I'd have dinner with him and I'd bring him home. And, uh, it worked out great. So he was staying at home overnight, but I was spending time with him almost every day and on the weekends, even though he wasn't staying overnight. So it was, you kind of find ways to, uh, to be with your kids, even if it isn't like officially on the parenting schedule without being a jerk, you know, I didn't have to fight over this stuff. Well, how often do your male clients lean on heavily, lean heavily on substances, like risky behavior, anger, just to mask the divorce pain. And um, what alternatives can you suggest? I actually don't. I wouldn't know what they're, other than some obvious case. I'd say it's yeah. quite rare with our clients to see that, but it certainly happens. Or either with our client or the other party, there's maybe substance abuse issues and or, or anger management challenges, things like that. It kind of breaks out in many ways. Uh, there are always healthier ways that you know to engage, and and one of the things I tell people is, um, people tend to shut down in divorce, and they kind of um, curl up and get in a foxhole. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and take cover and wait for the war to end, and that's very unhealthy because uh, your life still is running uh, without you. So if you shut down and you you hunker down, waiting for the storm to end, you may be waiting two, three, four years in Cook County, Illinois, like in Chicago. You can be waiting a long time for this thing to be wow. over. And if you're not going to live your life in the meantime, you are going to be a very sad, uh, depressed person. So I urge people to continue to live their lives and mm-hmm. you know, get fit, go to the gym, take care of themselves, see their friends, get engaged in, in their hobbies, and, and don't stop living life just because you're getting divorced. And uh, make sure you go see your, your guy friends, uh, join a, a team and play a sport. Do, you're going to have some time with the, if you do week on week off, you're going to have a whole week uh, every other week to do things, spend that time uh, improving yourself and, and enjoying yep. yourself. Yep. Cause it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you beat yourself up and you shut down, you're going to be in bad shape physically and, and emotionally like you're, you're suggesting. Yep. So you got one piece of advice as we end this podcast, one piece of advice. What's your most important piece of advice to relate to my men over 40 getting divorced or being in a divorce? Take the long view and think cost benefit analysis in all things and consider that the cost is not just legal fees. It's your opportunity cost, meaning what else could you be doing if this divorce was done? That's better. Um, how much money are you burning right now on everything other than legal fees? Usually it's a lot. What is the emotional cost to you and your kids? So there's all, what's the damage being done to your career because you're not able to focus? So think about all these costs when you're considering a settlement or an outcome in a divorce case. Weigh all that versus the potential range of outcomes. Find a lawyer who's giving you realistic advice on what you can gain in your divorce. 
okay. and get it, get it done as efficiently as possible. Cause the healing doesn't start until you're done. And then yep. you can, then you start growing and healing after that. All right, Rayford, man, you knocked out some knowledge today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to have to edit this puppy. Thank you for having me on the show. Cause you're, you're excellent. And your work you're doing for your clients is outstanding. There isn't enough support for men out there. And, uh, I know it's appreciated by the guys out there who are going through this, this kind of information. Why don't you tell us about your contact information and I'll have it at the bottom of the show notes also. So tell us about your world in media and the internet and all that good stuff. Sure. So our law firm is stglawfirm.com. That's stglawfirm.com. Our firm is called STG Divorce Law, right there on the sign. And my book is called, I Just Want This Done, How Smart, Successful People Get Divorced Without Losing Their Kids, Money, and Minds, available on Amazon. I'm on social media, at Rayford Palmer. It's just my name. Twitter, Instagram, uh, easy to find everywhere. LinkedIn, we have a private Facebook group for folks going through an Illinois divorce. Uh, there's links in my bio on Instagram. And on, I'm also on TikTok, also at Rayford Palmer. We answer people's divorce questions. <laughs> And I have a podcast called the I Just Want This Done Divorce Podcast. Uh, that's like on our 14th episodes. We put that out every week. So a lot of content out there. And I'm easy to find. Just go. Google Rayford Palmer. And uh, I'd love to hear from folks. And if uh, we give referrals to other lawyers, too. If we, we're in the Chicagoland area, we have 10 lawyers. And, and we're one of the premier divorce firms in Chicago area. And uh, if, we, if you're not from that area, we do give referrals to quality lawyers. Uh, outside of our service area and even out of state. So we're there to be a resource. All right, Rafer, we appreciate you, sir. We're going to sign off now and and, uh, we appreciate everybody listening and thank you for your time. Mm -hmm.